All right, we're back with the Malapert Smart Podcast. Thank you to my panel today for joining me. We got Vlad, the wrestling expert, the legend, the living legend. Say hello, Vlad. Hello, everyone. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They must hear my voice and be hypnotized. <laughs> yes, yes. And then we also got Robert, Roberto, uh, back on the show with us today. Thank you for joining us. Say hello. Hello, hello. All Glad right, all back. right. Uh, we, these are some major, major Mondo wrestling fans since they were in the womb of their parents. They were watching wrestling. But we're here to talk today about the Survivor Series. We had a segment where we just talked about CM Punk's return for 40 minutes. But there was matches on that night, too. There was War Games matches. A few years ago, I guess they changed the Survivor Series, the five-on-five tag team elimination match it used to be, which was not a bad match, too. But they changed it to War Games now, which I guess is inside a double steel cage where they're supposed to settle their beef. I was not really into the matches themselves. Before the CM Punk thing happened, I was kind of disappointed with the show. Two babyface victories, the good guys won in both instances. But since it was the biggest match of the week, pretty much, I figured we'd do a little review. If you guys had any thoughts about it, I'll show a couple videos first from the women's war games match. This was the spot that stole the spotlight was EO Sky. For those of you listening on the audio podcast platforms, EO Sky went up to the top, put a trash can over her head and flung herself into her enemies <laughs> like bowling pins that got knocked over by EO Sky in a trash can. But in the end, the baby faces won the match. Bailey's the one who took the pinfall. So once the baby faces took everyone out, they drove Bailey through a table via Becky Lynch, and there was a three count there. What do you think of these matches? Like a lot of weapons in the ring. It's already a steel cage match. It's already pretty hardcore. Before I get to the men's match, Vlad, did you have any thoughts about this women's match? Did it strike you in any way? No, it didn't really strike me in any way whatsoever. I think there were two spots. The one that you just showed with Theo Sky, and I think the one where Charlotte did the salt from the top of the cage. But they're not really believable spots because in both instances, they're all waiting for the person to just jump off. It's not a believable spot. It's not a believable situation. I mean, yeah, that's cool, obviously. It's a cool look. Obviously, jumping and doing a moonsault from the top of a cage is pretty crazy. But at the same time, it's the difference between some of the war game matches in WCW history or NWA WCW history is that they didn't have to like, use all these crazy weapons. They used the cage. And that was kind of enough. You know, putting weapons already inside a steel cage, you're gimmicking the gimmick. It's just too gimmicky overall. And, and plus here, you can't even have blood on WWE show, so it's kind of pointless to have some of these weapons for the most part. Like, they don't want any blood. So I'm against just blading for the sake of blading, but in a match like this, this would be the time for someone to, to blade and actually have some juice. Because if not here, then when? Before I get to Robert's review of this women's match, I want to point out that they're kind of missing the point of a steel cage match. I think throughout wrestling history, a steel cage match was a really useful thing because... There's usually a, a bad guy who's cheating a lot, and he's just getting away with it nonstop, and there's just nonstop interference or something, or maybe he has a manager, or maybe he's always figures some way to get away or run away or get disqualified or get counted out. The steel cage is just supposed to be something that keeps him in there. With all the weapons and stuff, they're kind of losing the point of it. It's not meant to be like a hardcore match. It's supposed to be something that traps the bad guy in there so they have to finally have a fair fight, and we're finally going to well, see who really wins. 
And yeah, the, the, the cage the cage is the weapon. It's, the cage it's, itself, it's weapon, yeah, could be a weapon because if you get slammed into it, it's like a steel cage. It's really right. painful, you know, even though it's just like a chain link fence or whatever. But Right, right. Well, yeah, you have to kind of use your imagination there a little bit. On the original Hell in a Cell, it was like a scary looking thing. They try to like make it yeah. dramatic. And I don't want to say so much like, you know, some of the critics would say, just because girls are doing it, it, it kind of makes the men look bad that if a girl can take this punishment, I don't think that really matters. I think there are hardcore girls out there who are just as hardcore as men. I don't think that's the point to me. The point to me is just I don't think there really needs to be weapons in there. It's just supposed to be somewhere where people are locked in and we're f finally supposed to find out who's going to win for real. And if they're yeah. going to try to cheat, they have to try to sneak something into the cage and stuff like that. But anyways, Robert, when you watch these women's war games match, mm -hmm. did you enjoy it? Did you like it at all? Yeah. I, well, I did because, you know, this is not something they do all the time. And I think that's probably why I don't mind that's it, true. you know. This is something they do like every month or every other month or every like three months. Then, okay, that would be overdoing it. But this event only happens once a year. So I don't really mind it personally. You did bring up a good point about having weapons that defeats the whole point of the steel cage mat. I, I didn't think of that at all, honestly, but uh, I think you are right. But I, that was never in my mind as I was watching these matches. There were only really two main spots. A couple of things I want to point out is there are a couple of times where Shotzi, is that her name, Shotzi? Yeah. Pretty yes. bad. Uh, there was one time where someone from the opposing team was like, I think climbing the fence and then she she had a steel chair on her and she looked like she was in mid swing to hit that i don't remember who it was but she was about to hit that person with the chair and like she just stopped the mid swing for some reason and did something else and i'm like what was that that's really awkward there were other couple times that made me think like what was she thinking um so for me i think shotzi was the weak link out of like all the women in that match but, you know, everybody else in that match is amazing. At least for me, they're great. I also have to say, like, I haven't actually been watching WWE in a while. The, the last WWE event I saw was the last premier live event. So I haven't watched any Raw or SmackDown. So I wasn't invested in any of the angles. I mean, sure, they had the promo packages, like, right before each match. But I wasn't actively following it, right? I didn't really know what was going on. So when apparently Becky and Charlotte had some sort of beef with each other, I, I didn't know the build up to that. I know they had beef in real life, but they had their give the people what they want moment <laughs> in the middle of the match there. So I, I guess that was cool. I don't, I don't know if they're like really friends now or not, but we'll see. I wanted damage control to actually win this match. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. Good, good thing that you pointed that out. I think we didn't point that out. <laughs> who actually won the match that damage control lost. They could have used that victory. Me and Vlad mentioned in our little preview segment we did that got over yeah. 200 views on YouTube, by the way. That was the nice. highest viewed segment last week. But yeah, we were expecting a damage control victory here because we expected Judgment Day to lose later on. Turned out to be both sides lost. So, okay, weird, but think that was a botched booking in my opinion because they're still gonna try to use damage control for a while why not try to make them look good here so that was a point that we made last week a little surprising cool. to me that they lost let me move on to the men's survivor series what happened there and the whole storyline of that was the whole day nobody seen randy orton he was supposed to be the fifth guy on the babyface side and cody was like trust me he'll come he'll come he wasn't in the cage with them so he showed up later. I'm going to play this video now. 
Anybody listening on just audio, I'll try to describe what's happening. No audio here. Randy Orton didn't come out, and instead Rhea Ripley came out. And she was going to bring the money in the bank and a referee and try to cash in the briefcase on Seth Rollins at that moment when they had all the baby faces down in the ring and no Randy Orton in sight. So obviously they took too long fumbling around and Randy Orton's music hits. Vlad, I was a little disappointed with this whole thing. Not dramatic way to introduce Randy Orton. They could have at least done something with him showing up at the arena. Why is he late? Is there any reason why he's late? Did they ever mention that? But okay, so. <laughs> no, no, no reason. No, no reason that I can think of. I think they could have done something more with that. So he comes into the ring. He's the distraction for a while. I'm going to forward through some of this a little bit. I'm going to skip with my forward button. But this gave the chance as he took a little beat. The baby faces got back into the match, and then that led to them winning. So the baby faces did end up winning this one too. And this was right before the punk entrance. JD McFunko Pop took the RK off the steel cage. I guess that's the one spot I'll show since everybody was talking about this one. Seen this before. It's okay. It was a nice little spot. But like I said, before the whole punk thing happened, I thought the show was disappointing. I wasn't really too excited by this whole thing. There was a failed cash-in attempt, which I guess was the most interesting part of the match. Damian Priest still hasn't cashed in that briefcase. And Judgment Day took another loss, pretty much, where they just freaking lost real badly. So, anybody have any comments about this match, whether it was a good match or not? What it means for the storylines, either way. But let's start with Vlad. You go first. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of slight concerns that I had. Obviously, we, you just mentioned a couple of them that both the hero groups lost, so there really wasn't a lot of drama in, in these matches. Kind of had a feeling what was going to happen, especially when Orton came in. The only thing that there was some question, like, could Orton be pulling a swerve? That was, like, the only thing. Like, could he betray his his team? But other than that, there really wasn't much to it. And then I think they also pinned the wrong guy. They were going to lose. Did Priest have to take the fall? They have... Dominic, they have JD, <laughs> even Finn. Yeah, really I, I didn't to, even notice did that. Really, did they have to really be priests up there? I don't know. That to me is kind of weird because of all the guys about that group, he is the one guy that could be a potential future world champion. So it's weird to him. But I mean, overall, I mean, it was good to see Randy. That's one thing I'll say. I mean, as far as the match, it's the same thing. I don't really care women or men. I don't have that. It's wrestling. You're, you're doing wrestling things. The women. In fact, like as I said before, maybe even better workers than the men in WWE. So it's not a question of, like, could women work a match? I don't really care. Neither match was really that good or exciting. It was just good seeing Randy. He looked in fabulous shape. Like, he looked great. He looked like he hadn't missed time at all. He didn't look that rusty to me. I mean, he didn't do too much, of course. But, like, he landed all his moves, did all his stuff. He did his... Yeah. Like, we didn't even mention Randy for our WrestleMania possibilities, the main events and stuff. Yeah. Randy Orton, that's true. big superstar like return. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They have, they have a lot of names. And that's one of the things I was telling you during Raw. That's what they care about. Stars, stars, stars. Hey, we don't care about these matches, but here are the stars. Watch our stars. They're going to talk for five, ten minutes. Watch that segment. I think it's like... Even Cornette said in one of his podcasts, the matches are pretty much filler at this point. If you're in a wrestling match during Raw or SmackDown, you're not over. Oh, yeah. It's the guys that are talking in the mic, the segments, the backstage stuff. That's the stuff that are there to see nowadays, which, I mean, has always been the case to an extent. But before, the matches would also be somewhat important. Like, they would be a main event. Now, it's not. I mean, 
it's not really segments are the thing now. Overall, not like excited over the matches, but good to see Randy and what have you. That's all I got on that. Robert, you want to give any thoughts over here? All right, so when they start to add this angle like earlier on the show about Randy's not here yet, is he going to show up? I thought that was actually pretty dumb because why would you promote his return in this event and then him not show up? So there was no doubt in my mind he was going to show up. You spent this time promoting him, his comeback, and then he doesn't. I, so that's why there was, when they tried to put that angle in, I didn't buy it. There was no yeah, way that was not going to happen. Obviously, you know? that's another good um, point, Robert. That's yeah. another reason it wasn't good. Yeah, that's why that angle didn't work for me because, I mean, come on, you're going to promote Randy's comeback and he doesn't show up? No. I wasn't a fan of that. The match itself, I thought it was cool. I mean, I wasn't overly excited about it. Like I said, I haven't watched any WWE since the previous premium live event i thought it was cool to see cody finally be in a war games match because that was something that was started by his dad right that was cool to see that he's finally in one and then when randy orton showed up surprise surprise the first thing that came to my head was like dad did did this guy get buffer like what what happened (laughs) he looks even stronger now than when he left that's true Um, he looks in better shape maybe he got healthier he looks better now. He used to be really buff did. when he was younger, like 2004, oh, yeah. I, 2005. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was like the steroid bad. Randy Orton. Kind of looks like the steroid Randy Orton again, <laughs> almost. No, no, um, he looks fine. Not, not, but not, I... not that big, but he looks better now. That RKO definitely didn't come out of nowhere. It was cool to see, too. Any thoughts on the Judgment Day taking the loss? But uh-huh. they still hold all the titles. They still got all the goals. This is loss at War Games doesn't hurt them at all. That's another thing. Like, a loss at War Games should seem like it should hurt you. It make you look bad, but no, it's okay. It's just a loss at four games, whatever. Mm. Well, it definitely doesn't make them look good. They for sure need some more victories going forward to rebuild I mean, some momentum. But but I feel like we've we've had this conversation before, right? Like yeah, they seem to have their ups and downs. Judgment Day. Mm. Sometimes they get beaten. Sometimes they have a night where they come out with literally all the gold. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's literally just Rhea getting all the victories. Yeah, the other guys take L's from time to time. Okay, so that's our review of War Games this year. Robert was saying they don't do them that often, so it's okay. Eh, to me, I've seen it enough. They do it once a year. It's not often, but they seem to do it the same way every year now. We know what to expect. They're going to bring out the tables. They're going to bring out the chairs. Someone's going through that table. Someone's going to fly off the top of the cage. I just think they could have done more with the angles leading up to it, like the same criticism we give to AEW. The storylines could have been a little better. I don't know if you watch our show, Robert, while you were gone, but me and Vlad, I gave some criticism of the whole buildup to this Survivor Series match. They're looking for a fifth partner. Uh, give him a phone call. Can you give him a phone call? Just call him. See what he says. Oh, he said yes. He's coming. He said he's coming. Oh, how good. How cool. <laughs> that was the, the Survivor Series to me. The buildup didn't really get me excited for it at all. The match itself was what we expected. I think I want more from my wrestling. It was okay, but I can't really tell a non-wrestling fan, like, hey, you should have come over and watched this with me. This was amazing. It wasn't, so whatever. It was not, yes. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree, absolutely. That's all for this episode of the Malapert Smart Podcast. We'll be back with more segments. We're going to discuss AEW from this past week, if you're interested in that. Keep an eye on our channel. Subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications, I guess. And that's how you know when we post it. Have a good one. Until the next time we see you.